up, everybody? Welcome to The Pursuit, a journey in the life of sports. I'm your host, Chris Mongelia, Director of Men's Basketball Operations at Princeton University. This podcast is all about exploring the intellectual approach to maximizing your ability. We talk with accomplished professionals in the sports industry and learn what has allowed them to be able to succeed on their journey in the life of sports. The goal here is for listeners to collect as many high performance habits and behaviors as possible, and then be able to adopt and apply them into their own lives and careers. As we did earlier on episode five, this episode will be another reflection session. One of the major themes from all these conversations was the importance of reflection in everyone's story. During the reflection sessions, we will look back and dive deeper into topics from prior episodes, elaborate on how comments from our guests were relatable to my path, and simply just reflect on anything that ignites thought from these conversations. This podcast experience continues to be just as much of a discovery, learning, and growth process for me that it may be for all of you as listeners. Reflecting on each episode and interaction is one of my It's one of the many benefits from this podcast journey that I'm on. I just wanted to start off this episode again by thanking everyone who has been tuning in to all of these conversations. Whether you are a friend, family member, colleague, a contact, or just someone who stumbled upon this channel, I really appreciate all of you for joining me on this journey as we continue to pursue an intellectual approach to maximizing each of our own abilities. If you enjoy listening to these conversations as much as I am enjoying producing them, please rate and review the podcast on the app. It can help grow the audience and continue to get these conversations out to others. And again, thank you for joining me for each conversation. Almost everyone that you talk to that has achieved success really in any aspect of life, whether that's in the world of finance, business, education, and so on, they all can usually point to one, two, or multiple people that have paved the way for them, showed them the ropes, taught them valuable lessons. So for this second reflection session, I thought the influence of others was something that was really important to reflect on. The power of people to formally give it a title. It is really easy and almost human nature to look at someone who has achieved at a high level and just assume that they, as an individual, are superior and talented. And yes, that that may be true, but the older and more experienced I get, I know the true story is that behind each individual is probably a long list of people who positively influence their rise to that success. It's crazy for me to say this now, but I've been coaching for over a decade. And during my time refining my craft and and navigating through this professional space, I've done a lot of podcasts or radio shows or interviews now. And my dad being a coach is often brought up. For anyone that is not aware that's listening, my dad was a, a longtime high school football coach in northern New Jersey. And an even lesser known fact is that he is a Hall of Fame baseball coach at St. Thomas Aquinas College in New York. 
So naturally for interviewers, that's an easy comparison for them to make in my career, the coaching pedigree. And there's a lot of truth to those comparisons, but the influence of my mom is not brought up enough. There's no doubt that a lot of the influence to be a coach comes from my dad. But after my first or second year at Princeton, I realized that a lot of the things that allowed me to excel at my job were things that I pulled from my mom. She's, she's not someone who craves attention or wants too much recognition, so I might be taking a little bit of a risk dedicating a full episode to her, but I can't think of a more influential and impactful person in my life. If the power of people is the theme of this reflection session, then Karen Mongelia has to be at the top of the list. And if there was ever any doubt that the stars aligned for this one, this episode is being released on Monday, November 30th my mom's birthday. So happy birthday, mom. This one is for you. Back on episode nine, Casey Stevenson reflects on his biggest takeaways from his time with Duke men's basketball. Never take a day off, never take a moment off, never take a possession off. I mean, everything needs to be up to a certain standard. When it's not, you know, he he will let everyone know. Um, So I think just that standard of excellence is number one. Number two, with Coach K in particular, just the level of preparation. Um, in order to achieve the right results and the great results, you have to just out-prepare everyone. And so, you know, with anything, you got to put the time in, you got to think about things a little bit differently. You got to think about things, you know, is everyone up to par and everyone, uh, you know, performing their job at a high level. Casey is mostly referencing Coach K throughout this clip from episode nine. This comparison will be hard for me to make, being that I grew up a diehard Tar Heel fan, but my mom was and still is a big Coach K fan, and she was the Coach K of my upbringing. Everything that Casey said in that clip is exactly what my mom was like growing up. Never take a day off, never take a moment off, never take a possession off. Everything needs to be up to a certain standard. And when it's not, he will let you, he will let everyone know. It's laughable how much that is my mom. It would be really easy to look at my family of four and assume that the most competitive person in my family was maybe my dad, who was a former college athlete, a longtime coach, or maybe even myself, who was a multi-sport athlete growing up and now a collegiate coach. And even my sister, who was an athlete in high school and competitive cheerleader. But I would argue that my mom is the most competitive person in our family. My mom was and still is always in the constant pursuit of excellence. The constant pursuit of the optimal result. Always trying to figure out the most efficient way to achieve a task. And because of that, my mom always wants to win. I remember one holiday, we almost had a huge family blow up over the board game categories. (laughs) And if you ever play the mathematical strategy game of Racco against her, she will roll her R and let you know when she won. Racco, it's like my mom's favorite phrase to say. My mom also loves Jeopardy. For years and years, she would still continue to watch it religiously and, and oftentimes by herself. She would sit there, you know, quietly, listening and watching and maybe multitasking with something else that she was doing. But if someone else ever sat down to join her and they blurt out one answer, 
that means game on for her. And the rest of the episode, she will be rapidly answering as many questions as possible because you initiated the competitive fire. Sitting here thinking about examples of how my mom was the Coach K of my childhood, I could go on and on. I am a great gift wrapper because, of course, my mom knows the best way to wrap a present. Then there is how to put dishes in the dishwasher in the most effective way. I am 33 years old and I still cannot put the dishes in the dishwasher to fit her liking. (laughs) And I don't know if I'll ever be able to live up to that expectation there. Then there's how to pack a shopping bag at the grocery store in the most efficient way. Frozen fruits stay together with the other cold items. Or what about how to make a homemade book cover uh, out of an old ShopRite bag instead of spending $12 on a book sock? There were never any days off or possessions off when I was growing up. It is really where the importance that I put on the attention to detail came from. How you do small things is how you do all things. That has been the way of life for me since childhood. And then to think about Casey's comments about out preparing everyone, forget it. Preparation might as well be my mom's middle name. If there is a task or idea to execute, Karen always has a plan. When we were kids, our family would take a road trip to Hilton Head, South Carolina most summers. It was about a 12 or 13 hour car ride, give or take. And my mom kept, kept a detailed book of where we would stop for, the, for gas and bathroom breaks. And she would take notes on what rest stop we stopped at based on cleanliness, how far off the highway it took us. She would even keep notes of how many minutes it would take for us to stop at each stop in previous years. And before making that year stop, she would announce in the car what the time to beat was. And we would try to beat that rest stop record. I mean, talk about competitiveness, talk about preparation, talk about organization. I mean, come on. Even now at 33 years old, in a phone conversation, I could tell her I was thinking of buying a new piece of furniture for my house. And within 24 to 48 hours, I have five to 10 examples texted to me with pieces of decor that would fit the space um, without even asking. Or when I was looking to buy my condo outside of Princeton a couple years back, I would have lists of possibilities flooded into my email inbox, planning, prepared, never leaving a stone unturned. Anything that requires a plan, a trip to New York City, coordinating drop-offs and pickups of my niece and nephew, planning a trip to come to a Princeton basketball game. There is always a well-thought-out plan as to what the most efficient, logistical, and honestly, the most logical way of doing things is. Growing up, she would never allow me to not be prepared. If there was a food drive at school, I'd have cans to contribute. If there was a bake sale, I'd have a couple dollars to get something. If there was an outdoor school trip, I'd have a coat fitting for the temperature. And if there was rain in the forecast, you can bet there'd be an umbrella by the door. She has always been the ultimate preparer and the ultimate provider. And it all results in being the ultimate caregiver. On episode six with Travis Knight, he talked about a coach early in his career whose mentality had a lasting impact on him. There was a guy who really took me under his wing when we were in Kansas named Dave Martin. And uh, he was the head coach of that high school baseball team that I was telling you about earlier. And he, he kind of saw me 
coaching a bunch of sixth graders and said like, Hey, I think this guy would be great to have, uh, working alongside me. And he kind of helped me cultivate that strength and conditioning program there. But largely, you know, he's a guy who had built several businesses from the ground up and sold them. And so he knew a lot about leadership. He knew a lot about, um, just the, what, what would lead to success, obviously hard work. And, and he wanted to, con, he wanted to convey those things to these kids that he was working with. That, that's the main reason he did love baseball, but he, he really loved impacting others. He really loved impacting others. It is a really underrated and powerful line. My mom loved being a teacher and having the chance every school year to positively impact another group of students. And to see former students succeed at the high school level, both athletically and academically, another one of her favorite things in the world to do. She was a teacher who was the first one in the parking lot every morning, of course, because she had to be well prepared for the day. And then she was also the teacher who would stay way past 3 p.m. to attend her students' basketball games or school concerts. That is her passion. And Travis's quote is exactly that. She loves impacting others and does so by caring about them. The heart of a good teacher really is underappreciated and maybe even more so these days with all the adjustments they no doubt have to make during the quarantine and COVID times. Part of me is relieved that my mom is retired now and does not have to stress through all of these changes. But part of me is a little sad also because if she was still teaching, I would probably be getting the greatest display of adaptation, innovation, creativity, and care for all of her students because she would be finding a way to excel right now. There would be no choice for her because that's her life's work and her passion and her love is for impacting others. On episode seven, Derek Jones references the importance of critical feedback and the freedom to work through things during his learning years in the business. Frank Hogan was the station manager at Rowan Radio, and Frank had been a fixture in Philadelphia radio in terms of being able to do a lot of different things. He was a board op for the 76ers when uh, they were on radio at the the station he was working at at the time. And then, you know, he was an on-air talent as well. So, He did a lot of different things throughout his career, but the cool thing was he brought that experience with him to Rowan and he gave opportunities to guys like me and, you know, really set a plat, set up a platform for students to be able to kind of excel and, and work through things. And and Frank was really good at giving you feedback, good or bad. And so you knew, and that, that was the kind of thing that I was looking for because in order to get better at this, like you have to know what you're doing wrong. The platform to be able to excel and work through things. What an important line that is and how easily it can be overlooked and underappreciated. It really is an art form to balance the scale between too much support and too much tough love. And when I think back, all the things I mentioned earlier were all just my mom wanting my sister and I to be happy and to excel at whatever it is that we were doing. All of the competitiveness, all of the planning, the caring, the preparation, the attention to detail. I can never remember her saying, you must do it and you must do it now. 
okay, maybe a few times, but never, um, you know, this was the only way to do it. It was more of her dropping the breadcrumbs, follow the trail. This is the way, stay on this path. Um, It was modeling of behavior. And when we would get off that path, she was always there to reel us in. She would always allow us to work through things, even when we strayed away from the trail that she would leave for us. I gave this speech at my mom's retirement dinner from teaching a few years back. And I told this story that really paints a picture of my mom. Back in preschool, I came home one day with this tiny tree. I think it might've been some form of an evergreen tree. I'm not too sure to be completely honest. And I was so happy to give that tree as a gift to my mom. And I remember we planted it in our backyard and it was there for a couple of years and it just would not grow. She would water it all the time, but for some reason it stayed the same size. So she decided to move it to a different spot in the backyard uh, near the side of our back porch. Stayed there for another few years and and still no growth, minimal if, if any. So she moved it again, this time to the front of the house, right in front of our porch. Again, watering it relentlessly, doing anything she could to get it to grow. Yet again, no growth. There was another move to the side of the front lawn, watering and watering. And uh, I swear, 10 years went by and she had moved that little tree all over the property, never giving up on it. After four or five failed attempts, I think she may have moved it another five or six times, even more after that, uh, around the property before she decided to bring it to their beach house down at the Jersey Shore. After about 15 or 16 years of trying to get this tree to grow, refusing to give up on it, she found it a new home. The persistence to stick with it, the care that she gave to that tree, just because it was a gift from her son the determination to never give up on it. I could go on and on. And all of a sudden, just like that, after almost two decades of not growing, magic happens at the Jersey Shore and the tree begins to grow. The pride that she had when that tree began to grow, I can remember how excited she was. All the care that she put into it, all the effort, all of the belief that she had in that tree, it all paid off. There is this interesting thing that happens in life. You see others in high achieving roles or prominent positions and you think, now there's a success story. They made it or they make it look so easy. You think it's all rainbows and sunshine, but oftentimes before the sun and the rainbow, there had to be some rain and sometimes a lot of rain. A lot of people see me today and they hear or read my story middle school coach to the Ivy League in four years, meteoric rise, always knew you'd make it. All those nice lines that people have said. But what a lot of people don't know about me is that I am the tree from that story. Yes, my mom modeled all those lessons for me. I strayed off the path and I strayed off the path often. I was never a bad kid or got in too much trouble, but I would always test the boundaries. Everyone sees my career path and thinks that it was this squeaky clean climb to the top or where I am today. I went to three colleges. I took a year off in the middle somewhere, worked at gyms part-time, basically making minimum wage. All in, 
I spent eight years between full-time and part-time school patching together credits to finish my degree. You see, I was lost. And in 2010, I finally found basketball back in my life again as a coach. And that is when my life started clicking for me. That's where I started growing. And ironically enough, that's right around when that stinking tree started growing too. And just like that tree, my mom moved me all over the place, trying to figure out how she could help me succeed, giving me the right amount of support to help me excel and the right amount of space for me to fall on my face and work through things until I figured it out. The beauty of that story is that is 100% true. There was actually a tree. And in 2012, unfortunately, that tree was washed away and ruined by Hurricane Sandy. But just as that tree began flourish to flourish after all those years of nurturing, that's right when I started to take off in my career. And it's because of all those years of my mom's persistence and caring, belief in her son, love for her son, and never given up on that stinking tree, ever. On episode seven, Jenny Fisher ended our conversation by flipping the script on me and hitting me with this thought-provoking question at the end of the episode. This is my favorite question to end interviews with. I know I'm not supposed to ask you questions, but I feel obliged to. What is one thing you want people to know about you that they may not know? Like, what's one thing you want me to know about you that I might not know that like speaks to either who you are or like, let's say a stranger walked up to you on the street, right? And they're like, I only have 30 seconds. What's one thing I should know about you before I leave you? Wow. I, I think that I would say that I try to care about every person that I come in contact with. I think that might be what I, 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 I've never been asked that question before. I am totally startled by getting asked questions on my own podcast, but I'm turning the tables. I know that's where I went with it right away is that I feel like, and people have said this about me before that, like, if you're in my circle, you're in good hands because I'm going to try and, you know, carry you and care and care for you as much as I possibly can. So I think like anytime that I interact with someone, I think that's what I'm trying to, to come across. And man, that I'm so uncomfortable that you just did that, but I like no, it. But it needs to be a gut check because if I would have like warned you, you would have come up with this long detailed answer that you typed out on your computer that was perfect and made you look good and whatever, like that was true to you. So yeah. I appreciate it. That was by far one of the coolest moments I've had so far recording these episodes. It was totally unexpected. And just as Jenny said, it was true and authentic to me. And why did I give that answer? After listening to this whole episode, and for myself, after talking through this whole episode, I think it's easy to see why I gave that as my answer. It is at the core of who I am because it is the way my mom lives her life. She has led a life based on enriching and elevating the people not only closest to her, but anyone that she has the capability to reach. Food drives, clothing drives, volunteer CCD teacher, PTA committees, school trip chaperones, the list can go on and on. Her whole life, whenever people need help, she's always there to step up to the plate. In society, we crown and adore the rich and the famous, the achievers and the public figures. But as we've learned this past year, all of that is temporary and can be taken away without any notice. 
And the real kings and queens are those who selflessly give and seek nothing in return. 2020 has given a lot of people time to think and a lot of time to reflect. If anything, it has made you think, what is the meaning of life? And what is really important? My mom never had a small business venture. She didn't have a time-consuming passion project or hobby. She had her career as a teacher and she had her family. Her life has been dedicated to caring deeply about the well-being of other people. And boy, has she been rewarded for it. She now has a son who lives his dream as a college basketball coach and a successful daughter who is a nurse, which ironically enough, is a job dedicated to the care and well-being of others. Not a coincidence. And my mom's ultimate reward, being a grandmother to my sister's two kids, Grace and Joseph, where she gets to have a tremendous impact all over again on two more lives. And they are getting the same lessons from my sister that we both got from our mom. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Lauren do something and be like, oh my goodness, that's mom. In my 33 years of life, that has always been the model. And without really knowing it, I've always tried to mirror it. And if 2020 has taught us anything, isn't it that we could all use a little bit more of the Karen mentality and just care about others? While I was taking notes and thinking through this whole episode, something dawned upon me. It is not shocking for me to say that my mom listens to every episode of this podcast. If that's surprising to anyone who is still listening, then obviously you weren't listening intently enough. Of course, my mom listens to every episode of the podcast. And the best part is that she will give me her favorite parts of each episode. Give me the breakdown of each guest about how she really related to this quote from Travis or how this quote from Jenny was something that she tried to do, or maybe even that Derek said something that she used to do all the time. And it amazed me how all these guests were referencing multiple different people uh, who had maybe this one quality or two qualities. But here I am in episode 10, reflecting on the power of people. And I'm talking about one person who has all the qualities. I mean, how lucky am I? Sure, my dad was a football coach and Yes, I pulled a lot from him as well, but do not overlook Karen next time you interview me. Next time you want to know how I got to where I am today or why I do the things I do, you start there with Karen. So if you work with me and I tell you that something didn't quite live up to the best possible result that we were capable of producing, that's Karen talking. If you were expecting an average or normal result, from an assignment and you received A plus product and an A plus effort from me, that's Karen working. If we were working on a project and all of a sudden you get a Google folder filled with examples, execution plans, and carefully thought out ideas, that's Karen planning. And if I send you a thoughtful text or do a random act of kindness for you, that's Karen caring. So, Thank you, mom, for always correcting me when I didn't want to be corrected. Thanks for always keeping the bar high and never lowering it when I failed to reach it. Thanks for always believing in me, even in the times when I made it easy to doubt me. And thanks for always being everyone's number one supporter. It has made all the difference. Happy birthday, mom. I love you.